Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 25 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show. We share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Uh, I'm going to call my internet service provider because it just took you and I like a solid 45 minutes of, of goofing around. I don't know if I'd call it 45 minutes. Eh, closer to an hour. I was I was going to say, it was definitely about an hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> Other than that, I just had a lovely day. Yeah, it was, it was a nice day. The weather broke. It, it, it rained for the first time in like a week and a half today. Uh, which was, you know, mixed blessing, but nice. It's cooled down a little bit in Cleveland. I'm into it. Uh, and you know what else I'm into, Dave? Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Today, we are watching episode 25. It is called... Oh boy, I did not update this script uh, from the last time it was used. Dave, in the last time it was used was in an episode of The Spider-Man Who Loved Me, because right now the script says that the episode we're watching is I saw the tears of the snake woman in the fires of hell. But that's not what we're watching, Dave. We're watching The Mysterious Intruding Girl, which is way more chill. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, she's not like a spider. Nobody's from hell. Nobody's bleeding, I don't think. Not that we know of. Um, anyway, but Dave, before <laughs> we get into that, as always, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. Would you like me to tell you what our first star of the week is? Sure, Matt. What is our first star of the week? Dave, our first star of the week is that it was just very recently my birthday. Happy birthday, Matt. Thank you. Thank you very much. I turned 35 years old. Uh, which means that this show is now officially about five years old, because I had just turned 30 when we started it. I was just about to turn 30, actually, when we started so I, it. So, Matt, that means you have been doing this show for just under 15% of your life. And you know what? Looking forward to at least 16%. At least. Probably more than that, if I'm being honest. I'm not quite sure that would finish out the season. Probably Okay, I hope it would. Never mind. I'm going to stop doing lifespan math right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just hit your mid-30s, man. You don't need to do that math right now. Uh, anyway, it was really great. I had a wonderful birthday. Um, well, I'm the glad. The, the last time that you and I did an episode of this show, I was telling you about how as much as I like to celebrate my birthday, I don't necessarily love inviting a bunch of people to celebrate it with me because I have a bit of like... It just feels a little weird to invite people to celebrate me in, like, like on a particular day in a group. I invite people to celebrate me in small, everyday ways all the time. But, like, in a big way, it feels a little weird to make the ask. Again, Matt, if you say so. Um, but it turns out I did not have to do that because um, when we were celebrating my birthday, I thought it was just going to be uh, you and Beth and the twins and our parents all here. But... Uh, and actually, I don't know. I assume this was something that happened between you and mom and dad. I don't know what the specifics of it are. But uh, when I went out to the grocery store with her dad to go pick some stuff up for the uh, for the dinner, by the time I got back, a bunch of uh, a bunch of other friends were here, and it was really nice. You know, it's, we did not invite them uh, at all. They just showed up. Well, you know, it's it's like I say. I do like to encourage people to celebrate me. It just so happened, I guess, they were all doing it on the same day. No, uh, we had actually, Mom had had the, it was Mom's idea, due credit, and she asked me to kind of set things up because I have everyone's phone numbers. And when you mentioned that on the last episode we did, she she furious, she texted me. So I knew when she listened to it because she texted me and she was like, this is great. Matt will be so excited. Like she was really over the moon that you had mentioned specifically this thing. So um, it was, uh, uh, it was, was I was very you. excited. It was great. So yeah, a bunch of people came over. We finally opened that bottle of wine that you bought me for my 30th birthday. It was very good. Very good. Worth the wait. Um, yeah, just a really lovely day. It was um, a beautiful day out. We grilled. We grilled. I bought a grill. You so bought that a was, new that grill. That was an important component of that. Um, yeah, not a lot of gags to say about the old birthday, um, except that it was really nice. I took a couple of days off of work, 
Um, I feel like I might have had birthday jokes sort of rattling around in my brain, but now I'm just feeling like sincere and grateful about it. So there you go. That's that's your man. I feel like we used to have a lot more jokes in the five stars, and now it's just us sincerely saying things that we liked. You know, I think this is like this is a mark of maturity, Matt. Like when we were younger, man, we just snarked at everything, and now we're like slowing down and we're like, you know what's great, friends? Take some time to enjoy your birthday with the people that are like close to you. That's what's you know, really I, important, Dave. I think we were always positive. I just think we had more jokes back then. <laughs> All right, man. We've uh, always well, been very positive. We just used to also, at least I, used to like think of jokes beforehand instead of just writing things down on a list and saying, I'm sure the humor will flow through me when the moment comes. Listen, sometimes that humor does flow. Sometimes you spent an hour trying to talk to your brother over stupid internet. And, and then that, you're that, just happy can, about a birthday, can, man. That, that can sap the jokes right out of you sometimes. Um, anyway, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week is actually at this birthday party. We played Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid, which is a big old board game that you kickstarted last year. Um, um, I yeah, imagine... Uh, uh, pro- producer Stark... Uh, producer Stark. Producer Mark and This show is about to get way more intense if Stark <laughs> is a producer on this thing. Uh, we co- like we went in on kickstarting it together. Yeah, so what that means, if you're curious, is that producer Mark gave Matt half the money, and it lives at Matt's house, and Mark will see it like once or twice a year. This is we like a bad we, custody case, we, is we what this is. We can work out the custody. Did you? Did you actually? <laughs> no, I mean, we haven't worked anything out yet, but I'm sure we will. <laughs> Yeah, Mark is like Mark is like a dad who loves this child and is like sending support and you you are like an acrimonious parent who's like no, you'll never see them except for Christmas. That's you. Um no, it's with fine. Mighty Morphin I, Power I, I Rangers here I have set up in the spare room. It's all very nice over there. You're not making yourself sound any better, Matt. Um So anyway, so we played oh, okay. this game. I mean, here's something to make it sound better. Mark was one of the guys who came into town for my birthday. So yes. we all got to play together. We did. It was super, super fun. Um, friend of the show, Cody, and uh, and his lovely wife came. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. So here is... So the game, if somehow you listen to this show and don't know what it is, which seems virtually impossible. But for, for the sake of like mom... Here's basically what this game is, is that you take on the role of one of, in the original, in the base game, you take on the role of one of the five original Power Rangers. In the expansions, you could take on the role of Jason, or uh, Rocky, or Aisha, or even Alpha 5, which I personally am very excited to try out. You get Tommy, you get a second version of Jason, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... And you are defending Angel Grove from incursions of putties and monsters and then ultimately Rita Repulsa. So this is a cooperative game wherein, uh, you know, you sort of assemble a monster deck. And then as you're flipping the deck over, the game effectively plays itself and you are the Rangers cooperatively interacting uh, to try and try and defeat the game. Yeah, here, here's what I really liked about it is that the mechanic of the game felt a little similar to other things that I've played before. Nothing specific, but... There the are, similar... yeah, there are a number of games that that use this same sort of like, you know, you flip a deck and like monsters yes. are appearing and it's semi-randomized. But, and... but the, the, the version of the game that I feel like I've normally played that is like this are like zombie horde games, right? Like, yeah. you are trying to stop the like horde of zombies from totally overwhelming the city. And if you lose in that game, like sectors of the city are just like totally consumed by this virus and then if you lose the game everyone dies but this is a power rangers game so it works like that but it's like way chiller like instead of zombies coming and destroying angel grove like putties come and the high school gets panicked and like it's still bad that's how you lose the game but there's never anything in the flavor of the game it's just like oh yeah ernie's juice bar is currently on fire yeah now i mean i will say when Rita, like, if you lose the game and, like, Rita Repulsa is on the board, I mean, I, I guess mean, the sure. implication you, is, is you you'll just have to, to win next episode, right? 
So anyways, right. um, the game is really fun. I feel like they captured the flavor of the the Rangers really well. And here was the thing that I thought, because, oh, sorry. So like each Ranger has a power and then each Ranger also has sure, a deck of the cards. Power Rangers. Right. They're the power Rangers. They each power Ranger has a power and they are a Ranger. Works out. But like, they, sorry, they have like a specific in-game ability that they get, right? Like Jason can do one thing and Zach can do a different thing and Billy can do a different thing. And then they also each have a uh, deck of cards from which they're drawing. And it's a neat mechanic where like your deck is like your attack power, but it's also your defensive power. Um, But each of the cards that the characters have, like Zach has a different deck of cards than Jason, than Trini, than Billy, right? And they each do slightly different things. Here is the thing that I really got a kick out of. It was really fun for me is that like, as I have been working on this, uh, you know, this Sentai role-playing game that we, uh, you know, like, obviously, like I've said, I've been doing a lot of research into like, all right, well, like what is uh, a red ranger sort of thing to do? What is a blue ranger sort of thing to do? And when we were playing heroes of the grid, there was a number of times where someone played a card and I was like, that card is an ability in the game that I have written. Right. Like, there is enough overlap between, like, there's just enough sort of vibe of game sensibility that got translated into your game and this game in, like, a parallel way that I thought was very interesting and very telling about what these shows are like. That it's, like, right. that, it's that clear that that's, like, two different people would interpret it the exact same way. Yeah, so uh, I think this one that stood out to me the most is that Jason has a card that even if he is not, because, like, rangers can be involved in different battles, that, like, even if Jason is not involved in a battle, he can play that card and, and like, defend somebody else in, like, a totally separate area of the board, which is, oh. which is exactly a thing that is in the game that I wrote. Because it's, like, such a Red Ranger thing to do. Like, you just show up out of nowhere and you save someone. Yeah, I, I think you might actually have to be in the same battle, but it's not in the same like the the same like turn or encounter. You know oh, I mean? okay, maybe that's you have, maybe to, that's you have to be in the juice bar, but it's like while Billy is fighting putties, Jason can hop in and save him. Oh, that's right, because normally, like you know, Jason just had, or Billy just to defend himself. So, right. anyways, it's uh it's a ton of fun. It's got like a zillion expansions, apparently. Yeah, we only got like the 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 first like the base level expansion. Uh, but that one does have a nice big Goldar figurine, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm like, so it was the first time we played the game, so we we cheated a number of times, but like we did win, like by the skin of our teeth. And we cheated. I mean, when, for... when you say we cheated, you mean that like we were learning the rules and we realized halfway through that we'd done some things wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Like we weren't like intentional. It's a cooperative game. Like who would we have been cheating against? Right. Um. Yeah, like there was a, but there was some stuff we realized we did wrong. There's a bunch of stuff we realized we did wrong. Some of it worked for us and some of it worked against us. So we figured we, we balanced it out. But dude, this game is not a, uh, if you were thinking about getting it, this is not like a, oh, it's like a goofy little game. And like they sort of leaned on the fact that you like the Power Rangers and made a sort of like blah game. Right. This, this is, is not a like very a good licensed game. game cash in. It is a very good game. It is also a very hard game. Yeah, we, we did almost lose. So anyways, uh, Mighty from Power Rangers, Heroes to the Grid. Looking forward to playing it some more. Very fun. I'll tell you what, Dave. Um, we were. Why don't we rearrange these stars on the fly a little bit because we're talking about this? Why don't you talk about our fifth star now, then we'll circle back around to three and four. Sure. So uh, actually, speaking of Super Sentai-oriented games, um, hopefully by the end of this week, I've got just a little bit of uh, formatting and copying editing and, and making sure kind of everything is, is what I think it is. And then the, the Sentai game that I have been writing that is tentatively titled go Sentai heroes will be ready for playtest. Like that is it's, very exciting. It's also yeah, very I mean, exciting that it has an exclamation point in the middle of the title. Yeah, because of nothing really is more Super Sentai than that. I, yeah, um, I actually credit uh, Beth. Beth came up with that name. So we are we are actively soliciting playtesters. Um, so if you are interested in doing that, here is what I will need you to do. I have registered the email address gosentaiheroes at gmail.com. 
There's no exclamation point in it because Gmail won't let you do that. So it's just G-O-S-E-N-T-A-I-H-E-R-O-E-S at gmail.com. And uh, email me and there will be a little, I'm going to have a little Google form that's like a real brief like, hey, you know, like don't. Like, you know, like, be cool. Like, don't steal it or anything. Um, and, you know, it's not like it's going to the printer or anything next week. But it is a it is a functional game that you could sit down with people and play and, uh, and, and do it. And you could play this game. And I'm really, really excited. It's the first time I have ever, like, gotten all the way through a project to, like, this level, less this level of completion. So I'm super, super excited about it. So um, I'm going to be posting it around a couple of different places, like on, uh, I'm going to like wade into Reddit, um, if anybody has any oh, suggestions. No, oh, no. Save no, I, like there are, there's like a Super Sentai subreddit and there's like a, uh, you know, like some, anyways, so many posting around there. But if you are interested, um, please email me at gosentaiheroes at gmail.com and uh, I will get the, get the playtest rules out to you. And if you want to just read them, and you're like, hey, I really like role-playing games, and I, I just want to kind of read over it, and I'll tell you what I think. That's awesome. If you can get people together to play and actually maybe like run through a few sessions um, and give play notes, that would also be super awesome. Um, you know, really just looking to, to polish this product up. It's something that I'm really passionate about, and I'm really excited to have, to have made happen. So um, it would be cool if you want to be part of it. So that's really all I have on that. It's just really exciting. It is very exciting. Yeah. You know what else is very exciting, Dave? Our fourth star of the week. Dave. I went to go see Hobbs and Shaw. I'm sorry. I went to go see Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Isn't there uh, a colon? Fast and Furious Presents colon Hobbs and Shaw? The colon was implied, but sure, yes. There definitely is a colon. Uh, it's like a tribe Fu- called Quest, man. You gotta say the whole thing. Um... So, uh, like I said, some people were in town for the birthday. Um, uh, Cody and uh, his wife Megan and our uh, producer Mark, we all went out to a matinee show of Fast and Furious Presents Colin Hobbs and Shaw. Dave, it's very good. It's extremely good. What, okay. It's extremely Fast and Furious. Which, if that is something that you have already seen the light to know that it is very good, you will love this movie. But here's what's weird about it, right? <laughs> is that it's definitely in the Fast and Furious world, right? Like, it's got Hobbs. It's got Shaw. It's got Shaw's mom. You know, it's got Hobbs's daughter. They're, they're all the Hobbses and all the Shaws are there. We get introduced to new Hobbses and new Shaws in this movie. Nice. But, but the thing about it is, is that, you know, like, the Fast and Furious movies, especially, like, after, like from 4 on, have a very defined vibe, right? Yeah. And this movie doesn't exactly have that vibe, but it also doesn't not have that vibe. Okay. What I, what I realized is that, like, if... I mean, Idris the- Elba is Luke Cage in this movie, so, like, clearly there is, you know... Oh, yeah, dude, yeah, Luke, uh... Uh, Idris Elba is like an evil cyborg with a like a he is an evil cyborg man he has an evil robot motorcycle I mean the motorcycle doesn't have a personality but he has evil vibes okay um he's got like a computer in his brain and like a like a like a robot spine and he and like a bulletproof suit it's amazing everything about it is extremely good but what I realized is that if the Fast and Furious movies are like the X-Men comics then Ho- Fast and Furious Presents Colin Hobbs and Shaw is like an X-Force movie, right? Like, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's got okay. some of the same characters and enough of the same vibe that you're like, okay, I can get on board with this. Uh, I think the thing that is the thing that is so wild to me about it is the degree... Like, okay, so the Fast and Furious movies have always... Like, you know, they're action movies, obviously, right? Sure. Like, people are doing crazy things. But, you know, like, they are they are just... They are action movies, right? Like, fast cars and people are doing, like, impossible things in those fast cars. But... I mean, it is about that, Dave. It's also about family. But it's, it's also, also about, about fast cars and explosions. Right. 
But the fact of like Hobbs and Shaw colon or Fast and Furious presents colon Hobbs and Shaw is like just how far they just been like, no, man, like this move, this franchise started out with Vin Diesel stealing like combination TV DVD players out of a out of a semi truck. And now Idris Elba is an evil cyborg man. And, like, these movies are ostensibly, like, all in the same world. Oh, absolutely they are. I think, like, that's the thing that is so wild about it to me. I love the idea that that can happen, because that means that any movie that you go to see, Dave, if it's, like, a standalone action movie, you can just know that, like, it is not impossible that some movie... That comes out this, like, okay, uh, you know what other movie I just saw for the first time? Another car movie. I saw Baby Driver. I hadn't seen it before. It was Oh, man, I really wanted to see that. I heard it was very, very, very good. Yeah, and that's another movie with guns and fast cars. That movie is not about, you know, like, the rock flexing so hard that his cast explodes and he goes back to, to the fight. But here's the thing, is there's no reason why... Like, if they wanted to, they couldn't, ten movies later, have, like, Baby Driver Part 11 with The Rock and Jason Statham in it. Like, like since it happened for Fast and Furious, it can happen for anything. It can happen for you. It can happen for all of us, Dave. Eventually, if you wait long enough and put enough explosions in your movies, The Rock just might show up. Listen, Matt, I think the greatest world that we can hope for is if Baby Driver eventually turns into a Turbo Teen mashup. Ooh. Now, I know that uh, um, Jason Statham had been in the Transporter movies, and then when he went over, like, you know, his character from the Transporter is not Shaw from the uh, the Fast and Furious movies. But he was Except it basically known, is. He was definitely, like, you know, known as a, like, multi-movie franchise star like, in another Fast Car movie. Yeah. Like, it would be really... Another great thing that could happen, Dave. Now, what if Baby Driver's just in the next one? What if Baby Driver is, like, where they they get on their space cars and they're drifting around, like, you know, the moon, and then all of a sudden, a new astronaut appears in a moon buggy, and there's, like, and a soundtrack just... playing, and he pops up the visor on his moon buggy helmet, and it's the Baby Driver. See, that would also be very. I listen. I would be fine with any and all of this. Ideally, all of it. Just, just jam it, jam it all together. Um, you just make like a big, beautiful, glorious mess. I really would. Re- I would also love to see a version of this in which Triple X and Vin Diesel uh, and uh, Dom are in fact like long lost twin brothers. That would also well, be very, very good. Sure, we we may have even talked about this on the show before, haven't we? Uh, or maybe we've just know. talked about it enough in life. I know this is something that a uh, friend of the show, Brian, has talked about a lot. Listen, Matt, it's not impossible that we would have talked. It seems like the sort of thing that we may have. But if we haven't, let's just make sure we cover that base right now. Okay. It would be well, very, very good. Here's why it would work so well. It's because uh, Xander Cage just wants to go out in the world and do the most extreme things and find people who are as extreme as him. And right. Dom Toretto Almost just, as wants, extreme. just wants more family. And if you get them together as twin brothers, they would be an unstoppable dream team. See, this is the pitch that Hollywood needs to make happen. Uh, Anyway, those movies are great. I love them a lot. Dave, what is our fifth and final Star of the Week? So our fifth and final Star of the Week, Matt, is not actually... It's very exciting from a real-life perspective. It's not... There's not as nearly as many, like, fast cars and explosions. Matt, it's a baby watch. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So basically the Baby Watch is this, is that uh, for reasons I'm not going to worry about getting into, Beth had to leave suddenly last week from Sunday to Thursday. Like, mm-hmm. Sunday evening and did not get back until, like, midnight on Thursday. Which means that I was soloing the twins from Sunday night until Thursday. Like, all, all day Thursday. Which is the longest I've ever done that. 
And I really thought rolling into it, I was like, dude, this is going to be like, just I'm going to batten down the hatches and I'm going to try and survive these next four and a half days with like my sanity intact. And you know what, though? I mean, like, I wouldn't want to do it every week, but. And of course, listen, I know I'm like, I'm I'm on summer vacation too, right? Right, right. Which, you know, helps. But like, dude, it was okay. Dude, that is awesome. Well, I mean, like, because at this point, like, I mean, obviously they're still little kids, but they're not like babies anymore. That's really, I mean, that's, that's, then that, that is the point of this baby watch is that like, you know, they are only two and a half, but like, they are big enough that like, I can just, they'll just play like by themselves for, I mean, not like ages, but like enough that I can like make a dinner, you know? Um, and so it's like, man, it's just like real crazy. Like just how how much they're they're growing up um they said yeah, oh this like is fantastic I- they're um so obviously you know like everybody if you don't know this my kids are foster kids um we're getting ready to adopt them but they're foster kids and so uh they have a therapist that comes and just sort of like you know helps them do their stuff and uh and the therapist had like brought some blocks and this is like an early session she's sort of like scoping them out and blah 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 and she's like all right well like let's kind of see how you play with blocks so i sit down and like we're playing with blocks and um sugar bean picks up a phone she picks up a block and pretends it's a phone and like has it tucked in her shoulder like just like an adult would do like tucked in her shoulder and is talking on it to someone and then she takes it out like she picks it away from her shoulder, holds it out in front of her, and just says, I got you on speaker. <laughs> and then keeps talking. Um and like I have I had never seen her do it before. Uh it was also a very weird experience because like having the therapist over, because I am a like uh like an overachieving kid from like the nineties and early two sure. thousands. And so like the therapist is over the therapist who like knows that the kids have problems and like difficulties. And like, that is in fact why she is there. But when she said like, okay, time to play with the blocks. I'm like, all right, cool. Like got to show how good we are with blocks. All right, like, it's, it's test time. It's test time. Like, gotta get a good grade in therapy. I'm gonna um, ace these blocks. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I did manage to pull myself back after like a half second of that and be like, "Oh wait, no, that's insane." You, no, that's insane. Like, there's nothing after that. That's just insane. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, man. There's just all sorts of like, they're say you know, kids say the darndest things, right? Like, they're just saying all sorts of like grown-up sentences and, like, talking about each other and, like, playing, like, extensive imagination games. Uh, when, when I was When I was over there for my birthday, as I was about to leave, uh, uh, Buddy Bear looked up at me and with, like, the most sincere look on his face just said, just pointed at me and said, what a beautiful shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean... Thank you. That's very sweet. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> yeah. Now he did go on to say, "Like, what beautiful shoes!" I mean, and then, like, I, I like my shoes too. Listen, he was on a roll. I appreciate it. He was. It, it was. Don't take this dude. away from me, Dave. He's charming. Um, I don't mean to. So, anyways, Matt, uh, my kids are great. That's our last star of the week. Let's. Let's do it. We're going to watch episode 25 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Mysterious Intruding Girl. It was written by Naruhisa Arakawa, and its original air date was August 16th, 1996. Uh, We're going to go watch it, and we will be right back. All right, welcome back. So we've just finished watching episode 25 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. And Dave, this is a good show. 
Dude, this is a very good show. I think this is definitely... I think this is the highlight episode so far for this series. Like, this is far and away the best episode of this series so far. Well, I mean, we've, we're at the... This is episode 25, right? Like, we're at yeah. the midpoint. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means yeah. that, it, like, you know, there's that... You get the first, like, five or six episodes that sets everything up. And then you have the next, you know, like... Then that next, like, chunk of the show, like, that sort of, like... Yeah, you sort of cruise for a little bit. It's sort of in cruise control, yeah. Like, it's very Monster of the Week. You're introducing some new enemies and some new themes. But I'm looking... If if this episode is an indication of the back half of Car Ranger, then I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought... It, let me be clear. I mean, we've been enjoying Car Ranger. Like, Car Ranger has been oh, very sure. good. But this episode is... um. Well, let's just get into it, man. So what we see is we see beauties on net and there's a bottle and, and she's sort of in the background and she's looking out the window. She's feeling very sad. She's, yeah, really, like it's, she's it's, feeling it's, uh, pensive. She's melancholy. Mm-hmm. She's looking at the earth. And I ran out of like adjectives it, it, real quickly. It, it kind of always looks like it's nighttime on Barbarian because it's like in space. So there's not like a day or a night. They're just in space. Um, but it definitely, you definitely get the vibe that Beauty's on that has just been drinking alone in the bar in like in the middle of the night, just like staring out the window and like questioning her life. Yeah. She is not in a great spot. Um, what I really love about this, (laughs) I know this is like literally less than five seconds worth of television. The thing I really love about this shot is that this is a shot or scene that like you would immediately recognize this in any number of films, right? Like this could right. be a black and white movie and it's, you know, uh, it could be like a Swedish art. Like this shot is a classic shot for cinema, right? Like bottle in the foreground, what she's sort of cradling one arm and she's holding the glass in the other, staring out this window. She's a little bit blurry in the background, but it's in Sentai, and so she's wearing this like absurd monster costume, and the shot takes place in a monster saloon on a reckless on a... driving planet in space. Yeah. <laughs> just... But it's it works! Yeah, of course it thing. does. It's a great shot. So she's looking out this window, and she sees what she identifies as a shooting star. It's not a shooting star. We would assume yes, because nothing is ever just a shooting star. In sure, like never once has a shooting star just been a shooting star. I think in any series and episode of Sentai I've ever seen, it's like a meteor with an ancient god in it, or it's 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 never just a shooting star. Yeah, and as she sees it fall, she says that she feels a strange power. Mm, that's always a good sign. It is always a good sign, Dave. And we get, like, a close cut-in on, like, an amulet that she's either wearing or holding. Yes, yeah. And it's just, it's like this big diamond red, like, diamond shape, not an actual diamond. Like, this big red jewel in a gold setting. And that's all we see. This is very, uh, you know, this is Chekhov's magical space amulet. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we go- cut down to Earth, and, yeah. and we see what this shooting star actually is. And what it is, is a girl in a car. And it's not just a girl, Dave. This is just straight up a Sailor Scout. Like, this is someone, this is a character designed from Sailor Moon that drove in a space car to Car Ranger. It's Uh, like she got in a car in a different TV show and drove here. Yep, I love everything about it. So, she's sort of like running around. Uh, She's she's like, yeah, I was going to talk about how she was dressed, but Matt nailed it. She's a Sailor Scout. And she's like, oh. Oh, Japan of Ursh is so beautiful. Now she does say Ursh, which lets us know that she is not, she's an alien. Like she's not from, you know, she's not from planet Earth. Right. And she's like, oh my goodness. She's running around. She's like, oh my goodness. I'm so excited to meet the Car Rangers. So. Big, big fan. Yeah, super huge fan. So we go from there back to Barbarian, and uh, BD's Annette is, again, she's feeling very pensive, but the bar is a little more bustling now. Everybody's everybody's there and around. We see Instructor Richie Hiker. He's reading a newspaper, and uh, President Gino is like, so, like, how's it going? 
Like, what's up? How's it? How are the plans going, Instructor Richie Hiker? Here's what I love about this. I really dig that President Gaidamo has entirely given over the planning of, of the destruction of the Rangers to Instructor Richie Hiker. And the reason I love it is because it seems very in character. Like, President Gaidamo is not a planner. He is the leader of the Reckless Driving Tribe. Right. All he so wants it, to do is, like, lead his gang and drive around and, like, chill with his buds and, like, hang out at the bar and, like, go out on, like, gang raids and stuff. Right. And if that's enough to take out a planet, he's good. Right. But he saw a flyer 15 episodes ago and said that, said that this guy was really smart and very affordable. And so he's like, all right, well, this is just, this is what we're doing now. Like, awesome. I will keep <laughs> chilling with my buds. You, <laughs> you figure and, this like, out. Richie Hiker has not succeeded, right? There has been, there hasn't really been anything about Richie Hiker that would justify President Gynamo's faith in him. But on the other hand, like, he's not doing worse than President Gynamo was. Well, I think that's the thing. If there was something that, the fact that there has, he has done nothing to justify President Gynamo's faith in him works for me. Because he's like, I don't even care if you're succeeding. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Like right. this is not my this is not what I signed up for. Like I'm just here to blow up planets and try to get with beauties on net and like ride my sweet car. That's why I'm here. Right. Everything else is secondary, and if I could offload the work of you thinking about I'll even go down and do some stuff. I just don't want to try to think about how to fight these guys anymore. <laughs> right. So he's like, so Instructor Richie Hiker, how's it going? Instructor Richie Hiker has not been thinking about it. He's clearly just, like, reading the newspaper. No, and see, that's that's the other half of this that I also really like, is that Instructor Richie Hiker knows that President Gynamo is just sort of, like, just sort of, like, gave him a job but doesn't care about results. And so whenever he's going into a meeting with his boss, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I totally did that project. Right. Sure, let me tell you all about it. So this is this is his most recent plan. He has sent for what I love is that he's not call, like instructor Richie Hiker is not calling in outside people. He's still just sending other members of the reckless driving tribe. Uh, but he says, "Here's the plan. I have sent for SS Paman, the our greatest researcher. Well, our greatest hero, like researcher of heroes. This guy is a hero enthusiast." Yeah. And he knows all about them. And he's going to go down and watch them and see if there's, like, a way that we can, like, find a weakness. Yes. So we go from there. Well, S.S. Palmon, does S.S. Does Palmon come out right now? Yeah, he oh, does. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, definitely. Sorry. And S.S. Palmon is... He looks good, he, man. He, okay. He doesn't look like an evil Red Ranger, right? Like, he does not look like a... Like the Red Ranger, but evil. Instead, what he looks like is definitely a monster, but the monster's design theme is Red Ranger. Does that make sense? Yes, that is a very good way to think about that. Yeah, because like we will, because he's going to put together like a ragtag group of dudes and pretend to be a, the leader of a team. But, like, none of them are actually going to look like evil rangers. They're just going to be dudes. It's very, it's extremely good is what it is. But it's a little hard to describe if you're not looking at it. When when oh. President Gynamo sees SS Paman, he's like, oh, are you, are you still wearing that outfit? Like, are you still dressed up like a hero? And SS Paman was like, yeah, man, like, I gotta, like, I, like he's, he's, he's method, right? He's a method dude. Yeah. He needs to figure out how to get inside their head by dressing as them. So I was looking at the wiki entry for um, SS Paman and to like check out the, the concept art and all this stuff. Sure. And it mentions that it's not pronounced SS Paman. It's Susu Paman. So it's like, it's a oh, Superman joke. Oh, got it. Yeah. That's actually very good. Yeah, and I, you know, like, I bet if we'd been listening, they would have said it, but, like, I'm only ever, like, vaguely listening to anything because, of course, I, I don't speak Japanese, so, like, I'm just reading the subtitles and, and watching Right, I'm reading so the anyways. subtitles and desperately trying to keep up with the notes that I'm taking. <laughs> right. So, 
we go from there and we see the Rangers. They're at a beach. Um, Signal Man is wearing signal trunks like over his. I am not clear. I assume. I don't know why I assumed this. I thought that Signal Man was like wearing a suit of armor. I don't think this is the case. I think he is some sort of like cyborg. Like he's like Rom Space Knight traffic cop. That that has of. always been my assumption. So he's wearing uh, signal trunks, which are just green swimming trunks, but with like a his signal, like a traffic light signal as a belt. Um, Ichitaru walks over and he's like, hey man, we should be like, we should be on guard. And then you see Ichitaru and Signal Man are over at Koban base and Ichitaru, Ichitaru is into it. He yeah. is like, he has decided that like this is his thing, and he is Signal Man's deputy or whatever. Like he hangs out with Signal Man all the time. It's the yeah, best. like Signal Man is his best friend, and this is his summer game. Is that he pretends to like patrol with Signal Man, and so they go and they stand over by Koban Base, and of course no one is there. They're yeah, just I mean, like standing fun. there by themselves, looking serious. Yeah. But it's very cute. So we see, uh, we see this girl, and she's got her parasol again, and she's sort of like she is looking for the Rangers. And she can't find them. And then she's like, she sees everybody's at a beach. She's like, oh, I like, I'm not dressed appropriately. And she's sort of like magical girl swings her parasol around. And she says, tiramisu cognac milfoil, um, which is just a dessert and then a dessert drink and then another dessert. And she transforms into a, a young lady. I have no idea how old this person is supposed to be. This is not, like, this is not a joke. I assume this girl was supposed to be, like, between 13 and 15. But she's about to go down and, like, meet the male rangers. And the male rangers are all sort of, like, falling over each other, particularly Minoru. So I think maybe she is, in fact, supposed to be older. Yeah, I, I went she has through like a similar a, journey on this one. Yeah, like, she has a very, I think she has a very childish demeanor. Like... She is definitely, she definitely does not act like Natsumi or Yuko or something. Like she, like she acts like a younger person. So she, she rolls over and she's like, hey, do you guys know where the Rangers are? Of course, like she doesn't know that it's the Rangers. She's like, do you guys know where the car Rangers are? And Minoru is about to spill the beans. And then he's like, oh, wait. I can't just tell her that we're the Rangers, but he's like, I bet if you go like over there behind that rock, like the Rangers just might meet you, little girl, you know, uh-huh. um, as though they're Santa Claus or something. The, uh, the, the, as Minoru is doing this, like, um, Yuko and Natsumi roll over and are like, not exactly like glaring and threatening at him, but definitely. They're like one step away from throwing a bucket of cold water on him. Like, throughout this entire episode, like, those two immediately see through literally everything that happens, and I kind of love it. Because, like, what's a, what, what happens now is that uh, they, they are attacked by, or they're not even attacked yet, but um, Susu, Su, uh, not Susu Superman, uh, Susupaman, Susupaman, there we go. I knew yeah, I was going to get it eventually. Susu Paman shows up and he says, hello, like, you know, a new hero is born. And he shows up as though he is a good guy. And uh, Yoko and Natsumi look at him and like, oh, well, that's clearly a bozok and this is an evil plan. So we need to get ready. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no moment where they think, oh, cool. It's another new hero. Like our friend Signal Man. Yeah. They just see it and are like, well, that's clearly evil. So I think the best way that we can describe the entrance of, they call themselves the Zoku Rangers. The best way to describe it is that they are like Mad Max Rangers. Like they definitely do like roll in on vehicles and those vehicles are like super duper janky and just have like buzz saws strapped to them. I think we've seen these vehicles before. I think that that shot of those vehicles was from like the the second or third episode of this show when they first get access to the ranger vehicles and they had to fight Zelmoda and a bunch oh, of monsters. Oh, yeah, you might be right. Um, so anyway, so they roll in on this thing and there's Zoku Red, who is Susu Paman. And then there's a walrus and a frog and a vulture and a kitten. And the walrus is yes. blue and the frog is green and the vulture is yellow and the kitten is pink. 
But yeah, they, they do, are the Soku Rangers. Yeah, they do like a full on Ranger entrance, though. Like, you know, like they may well have just gotten the suit actors to be like, hey, go put on this different costume, but do like a, a Ranger, you know, like a Ranger entrance and pose. Um, and then they fight. And it's and a really excellent fight. It's really fun because it's, you know, it's sort of two, maybe not quite equally matched, but, you know, two teams fighting each other, which is always great. And also the music that's playing in the background is the same tune as the Car Ranger theme. And I don't speak Japanese, so I can't tell you what the new lyrics are, but you can tell that they are singing about Zoku Ranger instead of Car Ranger. Yeah. Now, they would be evenly matched, except the Zoku Rangers have been studying the Car Rangers, and they've got all their moves memorized. They're like, we know what you're about to do. And so they actually, they just kind of trounce the Rangers. Yeah, uh, no, and then, Dave, was, did you like everything about this fight? Or is there one thing in it that you hated? Well, there was one thing in it that I sort of hated, but also sort of loved. And the thing about it that I love hated is that they did their own version of Ranger Ball. Yes. Except they just have like a janky soccer ball. <laughs> In my notes, it just says, Ranger Ball. Dave's going to hate this. Okay, if it was Rangers doing it, I would have hated it. But because it's monsters doing it, I love it. Okay. So the new girl arrives, and she her name is, um sorry, her name is Radietta. And she arrives, and she's like, oh no. Like, the Rangers are in trouble. And so she does like... She does like some more magic with her parasol and sort of buys them some time. And then she says, like, hey, Rangers, like you guys are the best. I was led here. This is amazing. This is one of the greatest character introductions we've ever had. She says, I was led here by car magic to be your sixth Ranger and little sister. And then she does a full on like magical girl transformation. Mm hmm. And she becomes a white ranger. Yeah, she is the white racer. Sort of. She's the white racer. Dreaming of traffic safety. Here's what's awesome about this. She is not wearing a white ranger costume. Like, if you just looked at the other ranger's costumes and designed a white ranger, you would not come up with what Radietta is wearing. Radietta is wearing, like, the Halloween. It's not, like, she is not slutty. But, like... If somebody said, design a slutty White Ranger costume, like, she's what, kind of what you would come up with. Except she's not. Yeah, I, I think you nailed like, it on the first try, which was that the, like, it's very much a Halloween costume inspired by a Super Sentai uniform. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is, like, when I saw this, I realized, like, oh, this is why this character never made it into Power Rangers Turbo. Because, like, they're not in a costume. There's no helmet. You just see this person. You can't, yeah. like, cut around that. And so she's the white racer. And here is her attack. She throws the knockout riddle bomb to Susupaman. And how it works is she asks you a riddle. And if you get the riddle wrong, it explodes. And by the rules of Sentai, you cannot just throw the bomb away. Like, she has she has attacked you, and she gets to complete her attack, and then you can react. But like... I, I swear there was a monster that had a similar thing in a different show that I watched. There was a... Did the math monster, like, earlier this season do something like that? Like, we have def there has definitely been a Sentai monster where they, like, do some sort of attack where they ask you questions, and if you get it wrong, like, you're in trouble. There's definitely a, a Sphinx monster, but that's in Zhu Ranger, which we've never covered on the show. I forget. Like, I remember this as well, that a monster has done this. Um, so anyways, the riddle is, what food makes Papa happy? And then they don't know, and it explodes, and then they get auto-blasted, and then they run away. And the answer, by the way, to... And I'm really glad because at first I thought they were not going to answer the riddle. What food makes Papa happy is a papaya. And I think that's like a Papa, yeah, like hooray, papaya joke. 
Yeah, it, it seems that it, I, I'm sure it's something that I feel like it's a, a a riddle that only works in English, but it's not funny if you speak English. Yeah, <laughs> that's a real yeah, it's a real conundrum they put themselves in there. So she so, runs over and like she wants an autograph of the car rangers and she wants to get a picture with them and because it's 1996 or whatever she can't take a selfie so she has like a tripod and a camera and she gets it all set up it's really it's it's really good and so she's like all right let's go back to base and they're like hold up hold up hold up like first of all thank you for the assist second of all are you like is it are you really the sixth ranger because this seems a little weird she's like well Okay, no, not not technically. I'm not the sixth ranger. Uh, I'm just a big fan, and I have transforming magic. And so I thought I would like. I really like you guys because you seem really cool and like not too serious. And right. so I'm a big I fan just, of you. I've read all your all the articles about you in these fan magazines. And then she pulls out like a magazine and shows them that they are in it. And it's basically like Space Teen Bop. Yeah. Uh, the guys are super into it. They're like, this is amazing Like that we're in this magazine. What's fantastic about this is that like, we're looking at the magazine and there, it's like a photo shoot. Like, it is photos of the Rangers like posing. And I just really like the idea that they somehow have acquired these pictures without the Rangers knowing about it. And so they're like, listen, man, we love that you're a fan. Like, that's really cool. But this is very serious. Like, this is a dangerous thing you you cannot just join us for funsies. Like, you could really get hurt. And she's like, oh, you guys are being so serious. Like, this is really lame. And then she's then she's very sad. Yeah, she cries. She runs away. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So we go back from there to Barbarian. And obviously, they, the, they're bummed out because Susu Paman has lost. And... They're a little bit surprised. They're like, how did you lose? And he's like, there was an unexpected wrinkle, but we'll, we'll get it. Inventor Grotch rolls over and he's like, guys, problem solved. The Zokuren Bazooka is ready. And it's it's a finishing move. Like, it's a big Ranger Bazooka finishing move. It's fantastic. Right. Like, they've got one, now you've got one. So, and he says, this, like, thing, it. this thing is five times as powerful as Giga Formula. I have a problem with the fact that he says this for reasons that we will get into later. But he says, here's the only problem. I, dude, I will never get tired of in anime or whatever. Someone saying like, I've invented this thing. The only problem with it is it has a power source requirement that like nobody has. And if only we had, it, it would be like, somebody like i've invented the world's greatest car it has like zero emissions and it like runs forever and someone's like awesome it's like the only thing is you need cold fusion to make it work i'd be like well well then you didn't invent a car did right you? then you invented garbage is what you've invented um but anyways because what it, they need yeah they need a fan belt diamond now we should mention that uh radietta introduced herself earlier as princess radietta fan belt oh yes that's right I forgot, I did forget to mention that, and it's important. Because also, she has, and we're about to be reminded of it, remember Chekhov's magic amulet, Redietta has an amulet that matches Beauty's on nets. And yes. they look over it, and they're like, a fan belt diamond, like, that powerful stone from the other end of the universe? Like, we don't have time to go get that. And then they look over, and Zanette, they're like, oh, that's a fan belt diamond right there. And she's like, hold up. That's my favorite like piece of jewelry, basically. You can't just have it. And they're like, oh, we're only going to borrow it. We just need to like power the Zokuren Bazooka. We're going to go blow up the Rangers, and then you'll get it back, we promise. She's like, yeah, I better. I'm going to be pissed. Right. So we cut down to Earth. Uh, Radiata Fan Belt is putting eye drops in because her eyes are burning because apparently Earth pollution is so much worse than like pollution on her planet. Yeah, I was going like to say pollution little... in space, but like, come on, Barabarian pollution has got to be terrible, right? Yeah. Uh, man, who knows? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know how much of an atmosphere Barabarian has, so maybe all the pollution just like drifts into the eternal vacuum of space. 
Um, but then she gets captured. She is captured by the Zoku Rangers. We go from there to Pegasus Motors, uh, or wherever they are. I don't, I don't quite remember actually. Yeah, they are. And they're, they're they're back. They're back at the je- the garage, rather. Okay. And and they're kind of feeling badly about how things ended with uh, Radiata. Like, yeah, Kyosuke like, feels bad. They all feel bad. She was really like she was cool. We like she cried when she left. We don't feel good about that. But on the other hand, they say like we do genuinely think that we were right. Like throwing somebody like that into the dangerous dangerous world is bad. But maybe we could have handled it better. Like yeah. No, I do want to note. Uh, Kyosuke has dropped. He's just wearing like pants and like a shirt and like a big red overshirt. Rather than his like leather pants cowboy shirt combo, which I feel like has got to be very nice for the actor. Yeah, but a little less nice for us. I mean, come on, cool red cowboy shirt was very. It was. Good. It was very good. So we find out. I fr- uh, basically they find out they're like, oh no, Radietta has been captured. Like we have to go help. So uh, they there's show. A, up. There's a. They get their bozok alert. Is what happens. Oh, that's right. So they show up. Obviously, like, somehow they know where they are, so they go over there, and they're about to start fighting, and they're like, oh, no. Like, they've captured Radietta, and Zoku Red is like, sorry, he's Zoku Red slash SS Susu Paman. Susu Studio. Yeah, uh, I do keep wanting to say that. I know, too. And so uh, what we find out is he's like, listen, if you fight back, we'll just kill this girl. So, like... You can't fight back. They're like, oh no. Like, what will we do? Now, you would think that Radiata Fanbelt would be uh, very concerned about the situation, but she is just stoked to see the Rangers again. She's like, oh my gosh, the Car Rangers are here. This is the best day of my life. Right. And she's well, like tied to a post and being threatened. Yeah. Well, now, when they start fighting and this Rangers start losing, then of course she gets concerned. She's like, I have got to figure out a way to help, but like, I'm tied up to this post. Like, what am I going to do? Uh, there's a lot of fighting, drama, the Rangers are losing, some very quick smash cuts. It's um, there's a there's a very good line where as the Rangers are losing, the Zoku Rangers are like, Yeah, you guys always fight us five to one. Of course you always win. Like this time we're actually fighting with even odds. Uh that is a good <laughs> that is a good little dig. And so anyway, so Radietta comes up with a plan. And here's the plan. Like, we smash away, and then we smash back, and all of a sudden, it's President Gynamo who is strapped to the post. And President Gynamo's like, you idiots, like, get over here. Untie me, like, why am I tied up to this? And they're like, oh, no, what will we do? And, like, they run over there, like, we're so sorry, President Gynamo. Like, let us let you loose immediately. And, of course, they let her go. And then she attacks them because it's Radietta, because she has, like, illusion transforming magic. Yeah. Uh, and then the this, Rangers attack. Yeah, that gives them an opportunity to hop back in. Yeah. And uh, they... Okay, and this I'm sure is where you will talk about your problem with the Zoku cannon, or Zoku bazooka, being, quote, five times stronger than Giga Formula. Yeah, right? because what they do is, like, the Rangers bust out Giga Formula, and the Zoku Rangers bust out Zokuren bazooka, and then it's, like, a classic, like, energy blasting into each other... And then Giga Formula wins. Okay, so the only, only thing is, I can think about this is, is this that the, Inventor Grosh is lying. Or he's just not that great of an inventor. Or, um, is this the second time in the episode that they fired the bazooka? Like, did they shoot them with the bazooka before when Radiator was still tied up? I don't if think that, so, but it, they, it, if that's it, the case, then that would have worked. Right, because then, like, it's a little depleted. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Giga Formula wins. Then SS Paman like gets giant, and then um, and then we get the second super incredible moment of this. Oh, sorry, Radietta grabs the diamond out of like the exploded Zokuren bazooka, and she's like, "Hey, I've got one of these." So like foreshadowing, and so now we get giant SS Paman, and he pulls out a sword. He also has a finishing sword, and he starts charging up. His finishing move. And his finishing move is Galaxy Lightning, Dark Matter Sword, Bolt Lightning, Plasma, Cyber Aurora, Super Thunder. And as he is charging this move up, the Rangers are already in motion with Gekiso Cut. 
And right. then they're like, you took too long, sucker. And then they just blast him. So he <laughs> doesn't just even in the middle of this, the name. He's in this like paragraph length name. And before he is able to finish it, that is all. And it's wonderful. This, this is another, uh, this is a great, this is another tidbit I pulled off the Wikipedia pages because I was looking. All of those adjectives that he pulls out are references back to, to previous finishing moves. So like he starts with great. And like Dyrano's finisher is Great King Sword. Okay. See, what I really like about this is that the whole season, right? We've known that Car Ranger is sort of a self-parody. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of the show has not... It's been like sort of just on the other side of that line. Where like it's a goofy season, but it's not necessarily like poking fun at the franchise. This episode, I feel like, really delivers on the promise of it being a self-parody show. Like, it really just, like, it, like, you know, they know what all their tropes are. And they know what, like, you know, other related tropes are. Like, you know, the, like, the Senshi as opposed to the Sentai. And they're able to just, like, do it, like, put just enough mustard on it, you know? Yeah, no, they, they do a really good job of not being, no, it's just great, as you said. So, basically... Uh, that's, you know, that's it for SS Paman or Susu Paman. Uh, they're back. They're talking to Redietta and she's like, I'm really sorry. Like I did put you guys in a bind. Um, I got a lot to learn clearly. Like I'm going to go study up. I'm going to really learn how to do this. And then like, like I'll be back racers, but in like a positive way. Like I'll be back to join you because you guys are the best. Uh, right. And then when, she leaves. Like when I'm going to go learn some moves and when I come back, I'm going to be the real sixth racer. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good ending. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that is that is it. Um, now, of course, that is the end of that episode. But Dave, it's not the end of our episode. Because first, we need to determine where Susu Studio lands in the Creature Royale. Okay, well, I mean... It, like, it's gotta be very, very high, right? Yeah, he's like, good. really high. Okay, so what's what is your ceiling on him? Like he's oh, no, man. he's not God Noodle, right? He's not, he's not space time mammoth. He's not God Noodle. He's not space time mammoth. But like, I mean, dude, he's. I think he's top ten. I think my ceiling might be God Noodle. Um. Okay. Man, he's very good, and his team of baddies is very good. What's Let's look at the let's look at ten through twenty, because number ten is the birdcage vagrant, and remember he's like the, he just had like a van that he hung out in, and he didn't really want to be part of the monsters, but he was a monster, and like he had a torso that was a birdcage that was also a different dimension. Yeah, I mean that's all very good. This dude has assembled an entire team of evil rangers, yeah, and but has no, number eleven but, on our list is an entire evil mountain. Okay, yeah, that's true. I think this beats Evil Mountain, man. This is a, like, this is a, okay, so here's what I love about this. Because he is a hero researcher, I think we have to assume there are other Sentais out in the universe. He's been doing this. He has, like, what's great is they're not evil rangers. He's just gotten a bunch of his buddies together and be like, all right, man, you're going to be the blue one and you're going to be the yellow one. And, like, he has his own bazooka. He's got a great finishing move. No well, we other... assume he has a great finishing move. Yeah, we never just, actually he's got, got to see one. It. He's got a finishing move, which, like, I don't think any other monster has ever dropped, like, a sick finishing move on us. Um, I mean, like, listen, he doesn't have to be top 10. I'm just saying that's my... He's not as good as God Noodle. Right. Like, he's not quite there. I'm going to say that my floor on this is that he's definitely better than a Hammer Chameleon at number 20. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Although, But, like, right above Hammer Chameleon is Key Clown. And Key Clown is great. Dude, Key Clown is really good. Galley Sensei is number 17 from Kaka Ranger. Okay. Like, that's, that's really good, man. I okay. See, this is the problem. I think Gali Sensei actually maybe should be a little bit higher than he is. But 
we, we can't go back and do that now. We, we'll never hear the end of it. Okay. Okay. He doesn't have quite the emotional impact of Gali Sensei, but he is a lot more fun. Oh, then there's Trash Dimension slash Pudan. Okay. How about... Because, I mean, okay. this is a very okay. strong area of the list, right? Like, Dryer it Dimension is. is number 22. Barracactus is number 21. Barracactus is an episode that, like, could make you cry. Yeah. Okay. But, like, if you get much further below that, like, number 28 is Bus Dimension, which is awesome, but not, like, you know... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Susu Paman is better than Bus Dimension. Okay. Better than I, okay. How about this? He's probably is, better than Kabuki Boy, you know. He's. Okay. I will say he's better than Hammer Chameleon, but not as good as Key Clan. How about that? I think that's great. Number 20 on the list is a very strong showing, especially for one of the monsters in uh, this show. Yeah. Does that so make him the highest rated uh, uh, no, monster from Car Ranger? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. What's the next one down? Well, it doesn't really matter. But it congratulations is... to Susu Paman. It's uh, 39 with Gigi Gaki-chan. All right, man. Okay, well. Well done, Susu Paman. And that, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email Dave about his game, uh, what's the email address on that again, Dave? It is gosentaiheroes at gmail.com. All right. If you want to get any updates on future episodes you, or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, uh, please remember that shining in the review section of your podcatcher of choice, uh, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe on there. Uh, it really it makes me feel good. And that's really why I'm doing this to begin with. Um, uh, the Super Suntai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you would like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Suntai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.